You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about war the world is a ghetto in the room i have rob ahoy hoy ben hello and adam hey the world is a ghetto is the fifth album by the band war released in late 1972 on united artists records the ju- the producer was jerry goldstein with lonnie jordan and howard e scott and the genre is rock soul jazz funk afro roots and from the book tim sheridan By the early 1970s, urban life in America was a dichotomy of experience, particularly in Los Angeles. The dreams of Hollywood contrasted sharply with the realities of life for growing Latino and African-American populations in the east and south of the city. While such a divergent culture created tensions, it also provided a fertile breeding ground for music informing the growth of adventurous bands such as Sly and the Family Stone and War. A convergence of jazz, funk, rock, and Latin influences, War had scored a hit with Spill the Wine under the sponsorship of former Animals frontman Eric Burden. Continuing as an independent outfit, the seven members of the band showed increasing promise in their first two albums, but The World is a Ghetto released their full potential. While the title suggests an overt political statement, Howard Miller's cover design captured the album's lighthearted vibe of Rolls Royce stuck in the ghetto with a flat tire. Indeed, the Latin-flavored The Cisco Kid and the funky Where Was You At are apolitical as it gets, celebrating life rather than preaching an agenda. Even the lyrics of the title track offer an optimistic message of love emerging from the overpowering city smog. The remarkable positive reception of the album illustrated how well War had captured the urban experience while they would enjoy success throughout the decade, Ghetto remains their most cohesive and satisfying work. All right, what would you guys think of The World is a Ghetto? It was good. Yeah, I dug it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was nice. It was. It took me by surprise how, especially in this track three that we're listening to right now, the city, country, city, I wasn't quite expecting this like harmonica and like a real laid back like the album has a super laid back feel yeah Mm -hmm. it feels kind of like stoner funk it's like uh i mean i'm obviously familiar with this band and have listened to them over the years and i've heard this record before but like it's even chiller than i remember it being yeah i was expecting a little more like sly yeah just a little more like aggressive i mean with a you know the, it just the title and everything. It, I don't know what I was expecting. I just remember it being more f- funky. Or are you familiar with uh, uh, the term blackstrap? No. It's uh, like a British uh, word for molasses. Okay. But uh, Robert Kreisgau, uh called this album blackstrap rock. 
It's kind of like molasses rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. Okay. No, it, no, it was not. <laughs> I like was like a, trying to look for the like. The, no, no. The subtext of that <laughs> statement. I was like, okay, so it's just like a chilled out. Yeah, just like thick and slow. Okay. You know. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, the thing that stunned me, uh, I did. I was looking at the album cover, and uh, the thing that stunned me about this record was that it was the number one Billboard album of the year. Like, that surprised me. Really? A, it just yeah. doesn't sound like that kind of record to me. It doesn't have a major single that's just like one of those songs that like, you know, it's like Lowrider, you know. If like, if an album that had Lowrider was number one, I would say, yeah, well, it had this powerful track that is so ubiquitous that everybody knows. That makes sense to me. Right. This record doesn't, have any song like I've heard Cisco Kid before, and I think that was one of the singles. Yeah, I think it was on a best of that I had of War when I was growing up. But like, it's not like a. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard the song on the radio. Mm-mm. Yeah, the weird you know? thing is, the world is a ghetto is ten minutes long. Yeah, so you can't, it's not a radio single. How is this the number one album of the year? I'm I'm fascinated by it. I think it's a great thing. It was Just a cool like, year, I guess. <laughs> I, I think, but like, it was already a good year. Yeah. Like that's I think that's what's so crazy about. Think about the other stuff that came out in '72. I mean, the stuff that we are listening to around this album yeah. is really strong. So I'm just like, I'm confused about like the market, basically. I think the American public was getting really sick of the Vietnam War and maybe a little uh, little chilled out listening was uh, was required. <laughs> Honestly. I don't know, yeah. You don't I mean, think you're going into chilled out listening when you pick up The World is a Ghetto by War. Yeah, it sounds like you're getting into some like progressive shit <laughs> well mama always said that life is like the album the world together by war you never know what you're gonna get yeah <laughs> sorry i don't know so you're, sorry. you're right though the the chart is it's up there for sure and cisco kid is number I mean, two on the singles and the world gets number seven on the singles i mean billboard named it the Wait, album of the year you know? the world is a ghetto was a single I guess they cut it down yeah. for radio play. Yeah, I I, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think because it was backed uh, by Beatles in the Bog. So I'm, I'm assuming, <laughs> unless it was a 12-inch single, I doubt that. And if you're going to cut a single, it's good in radio play. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Ideally. Uh, yeah. I think the world is a vampire, personally. Mm, mm, no. Interesting. No, the world's got to set to <laughs> <on> chill. <this. laughs> Uh, <laughs> I just didn't know. I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed listening to the sort of, uh, they would go into these rhythms and then they'd have it's these. It's all rhythm based. It's all rhythm. Sure. Yeah. Great and wh- percussion. And what sort of stru- stuck out to me too is the Latino sort of percussion elements Absolutely. of it. It, it takes the funk. Those like soul and funk elements that we've been diving into, but then adding that Latino rhythm is, it's like the combination of everything, Santana and mm-hmm. Sly and the family stone and everything's sort of like yeah. melding into this. I mean, what feels like a, a very like American band. Yeah. It's totally. cool. I, 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 that's one of the things I was thinking about too, is like, it sounds very California to me in that way where it's like, I, sometimes I feel like California has this like, California and New York, I think, are the the big representations of what 
America can be basically because you just have this massive melting pot of all these different cultures. And this is a group that seems so American because of that, because of all the blended influence. And like, it's, you know, you just see that like with all these different styles and, you know, ethnic groups coming together and creating something special and unique. I did not realize that the version of war with Eric Burden fronting them was the first version of war. Yeah, spill spill the wine. Yeah, like he did two albums with them mm-hmm. and How did he meet them, I wonder? I don't know. I didn't I didn't realize that that was their first two albums. Like I didn't either. <laughs> like I always thought like war was its own thing and then for a minute they teamed up with Eric Burden. Me too. Sounds like he gave him a bump. Yeah. I, I mean, if they were just, if they didn't have an album out until they worked with him. Well, I, I wonder if they were was, even a band before, or, or if the whole thing came together. Because like, yeah. I know Eric Burton it, moved to California, maybe put together a band. I think it came together with, with Eric. He um, probably just saw a bunch of tight players together. And who knows if that was like everybody. He's like, they might not have the whole band together. But I bet he's, he's out there. Here's some amazing musicians. They mm-hmm. just throw together a project, and it happens to be totally bananas. <laughs> and yeah, British it, dude building an American band. Yeah, yeah. It, I had read. Yeah, it was the original band was called the Creators. Um, well, it wasn't them, but it was a couple of the players, right. and then it was conceived of by record producer Jerry Goldstein oh. and singer Eric Burden. So they kind of got everything, you know. They saw what it would become, and they sort of uh, they pushed them and gave them a bump with, with you know his name and the producer. And yeah, then, and then they put out this record and yeah, is shed the. So this is like them kind of diverging from cool. yeah. that uh, initial. Looking at the sky. Absolutely Listen to the music. Yeah. So you guys had talked uh, previously, too, about these long extended jams and maybe not being such a fan of... of well, there's long, jams. Yeah. And then there's grooves. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Good difference. A jam is there. soloing... Uh, the, this is my opinion. A jam is somebody basically soloing, usually on guitar, over a repeated part. Whereas I would argue that a groove is... Basically, the band working more in unison to create uh, an opportunity for each other to basically pop in and out and work on a theme. I always thought a jam was a preserved fruit and sugar that could be spread upon. Whereas a jelly is a preserved Fruit. Does jelly, jelly has sugar? Jam does not. Jam doesn't. Oh, have really? Sugar. No, it's all preserves. It should be at least. Huh? I don't buy it. So uh, basically, uh, Grateful Dead are jelly, <laughs> uh, and uh, I would argue 
that a good jam. I see jams as meandering. Yeah. It's like exploratory, whereas a groove is like. Yeah, I would call this that, jelly that, that, versus. I would say the Grateful Dead is the one that isn't very sweet. I would say that. <laughs> okay, all right. okay, we, we, we got to stop with the metaphors. But, uh, <laughs> no, they don't. Um, but anyway, the way that they do the way that they do these songs, I, I don't ever feel like I'm being um, just like relentlessly battered over the head with a solo. You know, Mm-mm. you sink back into that groove. Yeah. You, yeah. can, you can tune out a little bit, which I think groove based music is the sort of thing where you, you know, you, you enjoy the repetition because it creates a hypnotic kind of quality yeah. without it feeling like it's just somebody wanking all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. And we're on, we're right now we're listening to four cornered room, which I was very into. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was, really it was cool. a very cool song and the way they used phase, uh, or panning to in like the stereo mix is really good. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's like the correct way of not doing it in a cheesy fashion of, of actually uh, making a musical statement within this. I, I read a lot about how this album holds up really, really well because of how it's produced, mm. how it's recorded and how everything is, um, I mean, all the players are tight and all the everything's recorded at good levels. And sonically, it just sounds good, which I I agree with. It's I can't argue against that. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff with Sly, it was it's fun to listen to. But when you kind of think about it from an audio engineer uh, style, it's it's a little some stuff's overblown or some stuff's not mixed quite right. I feel like this album really does hold up especially i think this is a reissue but it's really good uh speaking of the production there's three producers credited uh jerry goldstein with lonnie jordan and howard e scott do you think that like each of those three guys was responsible for tracks or do you think it's like a three amigos type of situation i think that they probably collaborated on different tracks yeah i don't i don't know that they we're all in the room at the exact same time. I I'm think we're picturing like a three stooges scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that war, I mean, they wanted to get away from the previous, those previous albums a bit and do something that was on their own. It's kind of feels to me like something a bit outside of what they had previously done. Yeah. Semi concept album, I would say. Oh Yeah. I mean, from uh, songs like Ford Corner Room, City, uh, Country City, you know, it's all about city life, the world is a ghetto, you know, just their experiences and, and things like that. I don't know. I just got, for some reason, I got vibes of like like Curtis Mayfield, Marvin Gaye's like, what's going on? I saw those Bobby Womack, like, as well. across 110th Street. Yeah. And those sort of... Um, Shaft, even Shaft, and some of those uh, soundtracks. This could almost be a soundtrack too. Like a, I was going to suggest you, that it's very like, cinematic. Yeah, yeah. like uh, we we've been using the word like cinematic soul or cinematic funk. Like, would you throw it in with uh, with that bag? Yeah, if it was a, but it's it's a little headier. I will say it's not quite as. You yeah, don't it's have, not poppy. Yeah, it uh, doesn't like, have those four cornered room. I, I keep seeing like scenes and like. 
almost like true crime kind of movies and or like a Tarantino vibe or something where you could really see like panning shots with four corner room, like a minute or so of it. Like it's just got this really sets a tone um, in a way that like, you know, it's very different than that, like. You know, sh- like for example, Shaft. Yeah. I mean, that song, it's dope, but like popcorn. It's, it's, yeah, it's buttered popcorn. Yeah. And hot uh, buttered popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, this is definitely more like it, it, it adds content in a more subtle way. Yeah. To, to it, like imagining it in a scene. I wonder if it has been used in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Subtle is a good word to more subtle for sure. Yeah. I mean, this song is chill and slow. It's it's yeah. like and long. <laughs> yeah, I think this is definitely an album too. That it it, it takes a minute. It's it not. Does. An, it's it not takes an, its time. Yeah, it does take its time. It's not an immediate attention grabber. No, which is that's why that, that stat about it being the highest selling. That they're just, they're just deep in that shag carpeting. Just, that just is hanging so out. surprising. <laughs> There's um. Uh, s- several websites that exist now that uh, Tune Find is, is the one that I've used, but um, you can look up a song and see like what it's been used in. Oh, that's nice. It's just pretty cool, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, that's the sort of thing that I'm curious. I always thought know? IMDb should have a feature like that. Yeah, like I ser- agree. Like a searchable feature. They don't do a lot on the music, um, but yeah, they're kind of a missed opportunity. I don't know if people really use it that much, but like I looked up Four Cornered Room though and couldn't find anything. Hmm. All right, aspiring directors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be, you can be it. the first. doesn't sound like the, the band that does Lowrider to me. Lowrider, that's that's some buttered popcorn. Yeah. Exactly. That's funny you say that because I had the same thought. It's just like, that's their buttered popcorn jam. I also, I, I really like uh, Why Can't We Be Friends. <laughs> I think the first time I noticed that, I song, that song was it was uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer has to fight <laughs> who is like Mike Tyson or, or Vander Holyfield or something. Yeah. And like the 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 prize fighter comes out and he's got like his big like pump up song and then uh, Homer comes out in his robe <laughs> and is playing War Why Can't We Be Friends as his pump up song. <laughs> Dead uh, Tatum. Uh, what's oh, his name? yeah. Was that the Simpsons version? Yes. Yeah, Dedrick Tatum. Dedrick Tatum. This this album's got me lazy, man. It's making me sleepy. It's, <laughs> it's real lazy. That's why I'm, I feel like we haven't gotten to the last one we did was was like like Tim Buckley like Hello Goodbye or something like you know something that's just a little like drowsy almost. I prefer this kind of drowsy. I do too. I mean, this keeps me interested. Um, it just puts me in a good like. Yeah, like it's a, like a real great. slow vibe. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's but it's 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 pleasant. Like I drove around and I was listening to it, and 
at work too. It was just kind of like the rhythm as you're just turning around. And, you know, it's, it, it kind of works in a lot of ways. Like I could see definitely sitting down on a sofa and listening to this record. I would have hate to have seen this live. Yeah, I don't yeah, like if you yeah. had to pay attention to it. If you're just watching huh. the band, I as opposed agree. to like it, background music, fuck yeah. But like, yeah, if it was in yeah. depth, like staring at a band thing. If they were the band playing in a situation where you're like hanging out with people, or even on a date, where you're like sitting down and like talking and drinking, and they're playing, hell yeah, yeah. But like in a live setting where like I'm standing in a pit with a bunch of people, like unless I guess you're dancing. You're you dancing know. very slow if you're so dancing slow. to the world. <laughs> Maybe you're dancing with a loved one. Slowly dancing. Or someone you hate. Necking. <laughs> just like the kids straight too. necking. <laughs> yeah. I bet there was a lot of necking done to, to this record. This is a good necking record. That's kind of what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. How do you, all right, how do you feel about it? Throw it right up there with uh, with Electric Warrior as uh, good records for necking. <laughs> yeah. different, different kind of necking. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, I give it a positive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like not one of my absolute favorites, but I think it's it's undeniably talented. The production is cool. There's no stinker tracks that I Mm-mm. noticed. Um, I, I just think it's a win. It's like I think uh, I saw Christgau gave it a B, uh, <laughs> which like I that's kind of like how I feel is like I like it. I would give it like a B. You know, so I, it's I good. Agree with that. Also, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be shouting its praise from the rooftops. Like, it doesn't excite me. But yeah, uh, okay. But uh, it's good. Yeah. You know, just just put it on and. and I'd never enjoy complain it, if know? someone else put this on. You yeah, know, I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's that war record. You know, I agree with Christgau and Adam. Like, solid, mm-hmm. solid B. I could see that. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a couple songs that, even though I do like City, Country City, it does get get a little bit long uh, you know towards the end and some there's like maybe one other song that i'm like eh, not so great but yeah it's got such a good vibe and in, in the middle there with four cornered room the world is a ghetto and obviously starting off with cisco kid is gets that rhythm good, going. yeah good yeah. rhythm so and 58 blues pretty pretty good blues song what so yeah what's 58 i only have six tracks on this album do you have more uh, you got the 40th anniversary edition. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I just said the last track but Beatles, in the, Beatles in the Bog. Yeah. yeah, Beatles in the Bog is good. I wish this is what was playing when I'm stuck on hold. With yeah! Like, oh. like th- this, is, this is perfect hold music. This is the best yeah. hold music. It's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the world is a ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, t- positive for me. It, this is a, it's a cool record. Yeah. War, let's let's get you on that the hold <laughs> hold uh, monetary uh, experience yeah, there. That's let's right. Sell it to every uh, call center. <laughs> this would be amazing to listen to on hold. I I'll tell you what. So my at work, I spend a lot of time on the phone, and I'm often on hold. And this week. And I had like my headset on in one ear, then one earbud in the other ear, and I was literally listening to the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. Next episode, we'll be talking about Al Green. Let's stay together. Let's. Right, thanks, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>